Our readings today are first in reading, and well, basically even all three, the, the tail end of our second reading as well, deal with the commandments of God and obeying these commandments, these rules that God has given to us. These rules were a great blessing. Imagine the people that lived before the Ten Commandments, which we think, oh, didn't the Ten Commandments come out of the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve holding it in their hands? No, it didn't. The Ten Commandments were given to Moses many thousands of years later. So imagine all those people just for thousands and thousands of years living without the Ten Commandments. Like, oh, I wasn't supposed to kill people? I didn't know that. I wasn't supposed to rape and, and steal and lie and all that. God, I, who knew? God, good thing God gave that to me. In addition to those kinds of things where just God literally communicates to us out of heaven, and we call that the Bible, where God literally speaks to us and we write it down, that's the Bible which is an incredible blessing for the human race to have God speak to us and give us direction. In addition to that, God has written commandments and laws on our heart, like we just know. For example, you can see in in nature animals uh, protecting their own, protecting their offspring, etc. Where are they getting that notion? Well, God hardwired it into them. All right. So, and there are civilizations, too, that were wiped out because they didn't obey the natural commandments like you don't kill people or steal or rape or assault, etc. And so God flooded the whole world and killed everyone. And those people never even had the Ten Commandments, let alone the Bible. But God was holding them accountable for the laws that he had already written in their heart by the laws of nature. Ditto for Sodom and Gomorrah, etc. But then God does start revealing laws and commandments, and he starts getting very detailed and very explicit about these laws and commandments. And today we have it kind of in popular, in a popular notion. The laws and commandments are bad things. They limit me from being free. They limit me from having fun and a good time. God's just an ogre. And maybe God isn't an ogre. Maybe all those people who have dedicated their lives to God really don't know God. And they've come up with all these rules. And they, they come up with them because they're ogres. Kind of thing. Nothing could be further than the truth. Nothing could be further than the truth. Down through the history of religion, whether it's Judaism or Christianity, and you certainly see it in Islam today, there's this adherence to laws and rules like you're checking a box. And you forget why God gave those laws and rules in the first place. The Pharisees certainly fall into this category as Jesus admonishes them and says, you're following all these ritual laws, but you completely lost the meaning of them. The laws of purification are for the purification of your heart. And it begins with the washing of kettles and the washing of your hands and the purifying of your beds, etc. It's about purity of heart and intention. You go further and further into all of the different laws. There are 613 Mosaic laws. The laws about money and how to, what to do with money, etc. And the, the laws about foreigners and immigrants and all these different laws. And they're all meant to reflect something interiorly about living a virtuous life. Or most importantly, a life in communion with God. Which the Pharisees completely missed. At which people down through the ages would miss, down through the Catholic Church. People would say, well, I go to Mass on Sunday, and I go to confession once a month, or whatever it might be. And I pray and all that. And then in their mind, they're judging their neighbor, you know, like, oh, that person is dirty looking, or that person is um, whatever sort of thing. Or, or they're thinking, well, I've done my part, and that person's just doomed sort of thing. And there is a lack of charity. 
which was the point of following all the rules. All right. Finishing on that topic, I still hear echoes of it in confession frequently. When I give a penance, they'll sort of want to understand why I give that penance because it's not quite lining up with the sins. The penance don't line up with the sins. The absolution absolves the person of the sins it's taken care of. The penance that a priest gives is to help you in your walk with God. I remember, you know, well, anyway, so you can imagine somebody's, you know, been years and years and they've got a litany of terrible sins, etc. And all I give them is an Our Father, Hail Mary, and a Glory Be, but to be prayed prayerfully and slowly. And they say, that's it for all the sins I've done? And the answer is, you're so far removed from God that a prayerful Our Father, Hail Mary, and Glory Be is all you can handle right now. It might be that another person goes to confession every week and I give them a whole rosary pray because that's where they are in their walk with God. That's the point. Is the rules and the commandments are about a relationship with God. And generations forget this over and over and over again. Getting to this particular generation. What plagues this particular generation isn't that people are too fastidious in following God's laws or even judging other people who don't. This our generation just simply ignores God completely in all of his commandments. We have sex with whoever or whatever we want, whenever we want. As long as in our mind we think it's consensual, I guess it's fine. And that's hellfire evil. I mean, just given what God says multiple times in the Bible, let alone the laws of nature in which he flooded the whole world and killed everyone, but for the people on Noah's boat. And they didn't even have this gift. They're still held accountable. We see laws and rules as just, as I said earlier, as onerous, as a restriction to our freedom and just arbitrary and, well, just a killjoy. But they're not. They're life-giving. Without them, none of us would have made it to Mass today. Why? Because there needs to be rules of the road. And if there aren't rules of the road, believe me, some 20-year-old would be driving 80 miles an hour down 172nd, and every day there would be traffic wrecks all over town. Getting out of your house, you would need to drive somewhere in a tank to be safe. That's just the road, let alone the, the legal laws around you know, exchanging business and commerce. This. I'll walk you through this little dynamic here. The child who tells their parent no. And then I'm going to show how the application of a rule or law is really truly for the good of everyone. You have a two-year-old watching TV. Toys are scattered all over kingdom come. Mom says, Jimmy, I want you to turn off that TV and pick up your toys. And Jimmy goes, no. Two-year-olds do that. Just flat out no. But, whoa. Now, here's typical parenting in our day and age. And this is horrible. And you guys, if this is you, this is not the way to go. A typical parent would then begin to count one, two, or they would begin to negotiate. Now, wait a minute. I thought I told you. All right, that's, that's not how you do that. They're two years old. You turn off the TV, pick them up by their little arm, swat them on the bottom, put them in town out, and you tell them, don't you ever talk back to your mother again. It's not even about picking up toys. It's about respecting your parents. 
Why does the parent do that? So that the child will learn to respect their parents. So that the child will learn to respect other people. And if they can't learn to respect their parents first, they'll never respect anyone. And why do we want people to respect people? So that they can be responsible. So that they can learn to love people. And learn to think about someone other than themselves. And it all begins with turning off that TV and giving us why. There has to be this. And if there isn't, we raise monsters. Rules are really super important for us to grow in loving, working relationships. All right. I'll finish with this. Making cookies. This is God with the human race, just just boiling it all down. Think of the Ten Commandments. Think of the seven precepts of the church. We have to go to Mass every Sunday in the Holy Days of Obligation. Failure to do so without a very good reason is a mortal sin. We have to go to confession at least once a year. Failure to do so is a mortal sin. We have to receive communion in a state of grace at least once a year. Not every time you go to Mass. Just at least once a year, but it needs to be in a state of grace. Support the church. Time, talent, treasure. Evangelize. Observe the church's laws on fasting and abstinence and evangelization. There. That's just in the brush stroke, the absolute minimum, lowest possible bar for being a Catholic. That's less complicated than making cookies. If you're going to make cookies, you've got to go to the store, you've got to get all the ingredients for whatever kind of cookies you're going to make. You have to have an oven at home, get home, you've got to have the pan, you put Crisco oil on it, you make your dough, your batter, you set the oven to a certain temperature, you make it, put your cookie batter dough on there and you stick it in the oven and then it's there for however many minutes. You've got to figure all this out. Any of it goes wrong and you've got bad tasting cookies or burnt cookies or undercooked cookies or whatever. That's a lot more than the seven precepts I just gave you. God's trying to make this as simple as possible. Now I add to this a mother who invites her five-year-old child to come and help make the cookies. For the parent, of course, it's not really help, right? I mean, actually, the child just kind of one more thing the parent has to navigate. But the child usually wants to help. And why? Because the child wants cookies, all right? Their focus is just the tail end of this whole thing. Getting cookies is is good. I I want cookies. Yeah, I'll help make cookies. Sounds good. The mother's real motivation isn't to be helped at all. The The mother's real motivation in having the child work through these rules to achieve this outcome called cookies is to enrich their relationship. Help the child to learn. Grow the child in confidence. Grow the child in competency, learning new skills. Make the child happy. And in making the child happy, mom is happy. And now we've got cookies we can all enjoy. This is why God gives us the commandments. It's to enrich our relationship with him. And it's to set us on this course of becoming better, better people. Maybe even holy people. And one day enjoying the kingdom of heaven for eternity. Like all the cookies you can eat with all the milk you can drink for eternity. That's why there's these rules. They're really good and really important. And without them, we're doomed. We're doomed. 
Jesus says, not one letter of the law, not one iota of the law will pass before the end of the world. Observe the laws I've given you. They're my gift to you, that you might have a relationship with me that might lead to paradise, paradise. Let's all of us be thankful for the rules and the laws and the commandments that God has given us. They are life itself, life itself. And then let's try to live it. And then like that good mother, let's try to share it with others.